Welcome back to Dare to Feel. I'm your host, Alexandra Roxo, creative artist, best-selling author of Fuck Like a Goddess, transformational and spiritual mentor and coach. This series is based on my book, Dare to Feel. And each episode will deepen into topics around intimacy, relationship, spirituality, healing, and beyond. Hi, everybody. I'm here to just connect with you today. Solo episode with me. This season has been so wonderful so far. I just want to recap for a second how grateful that I am um, just that there have been so many amazing people on. Uh, you know, I'm not like a podcaster. I am a seeker. I'm an artist. Um, I work with women and supporting them in their growth, transformation, and healing. I wouldn't consider myself like a podcaster. However, I really enjoy sitting and getting to know people and asking hard questions and learning from people. More than anything, I guess, having a podcast has been about learning for me. Um and about platforming people that I love. Um, so I'm so glad to have just seen all the incredible response from you guys, especially like so many people loved Lava Rod's podcast and I did too. It was so good. There were some, there were some takeaways from that podcast that I just think I'm going to actually pull up right now because there were a few things that were really groundbreaking, I felt, and that also that you guys highlighted back to me that you were inspired by. So here's this quote that a few of you uh, reshared on Instagram, which I so appreciate. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. As healers and collective organizers, you have to understand that you are going to get blamed quite a bit. You're going to get blamed for trying to get free because you're going to be surrounded by people that are consenting to their incarceration. When you choose to become free, you become a mirror for those around you. And a lot of people may choose to annihilate you instead of actually committing to their own personal work. And you just have to hold that. That is the consequence of trying to live free in an unfree world. Oh, that's Lamarad Owen. So that was from that episode, which I love. Also with Dr. Jen, that was such a huge episode and her book is out and it's so great. I mean, it's really awesome that everybody has books. One of you all messaged me, you're like, can you stop having people on that have so many amazing books because I have to have too many books to read because Tracy Stanley, amazing episode, had a new book. Bethany had a book. Brie had a book. Dr. Uh, Nicole LaPera had a book. Lamarad had a book. Dr. Jen has a book. So, <laughs> and I have a book. <laughs> so, but I think it's really cool to have authors on here. I mean, people that are, they're all, they're all spiritual teachers, therapists, or experts in their fields, um, and also writers and authors. So they've all been so uh, incredible so far. And there's a bunch that are queued up for you in the coming weeks. And I had, I had been wanting to do one a week and I just thought that's too much. I don't have time to listen to and keep up with all the content that I love. So let's do every two weeks. And maybe that's because I was postpartum and I just felt like it felt overwhelming. I still am postpartum felt overwhelming to have, um, you know, every week to be promoting a new thing. And I really want to make sure that each guest that I have on feels like amply loved and promoted by me. So every two weeks is where we're at. Um, and, you know, this podcast and the re reframe, I'm not going to call it a rebrand, but the reframe is it's also mirroring my own um, 
evolution in my body of work and being solely in the sort of feminine empowerment space or feminine embodiment space and wanting to to broaden and kind of enter into a slightly different space and realm and evolution. And it doesn't mean that we let go of the past self or the past work. We build on it. And I love that. For me, that feels really important. It's like, I love Fuck Like a Goddess. I love feminine empowerment. I love, you know, astrology and female-based spirituality. All that's a huge part of me. And I'm not going to just stay in that realm. And I think that's the thing that I've talked about a lot. It's like, how do we transform? Not only that, but how do we transform publicly if we are public creators? Um, and how do we even transform publicly within our families, right? It can be um, so tempting to want to find an identity and to cling on to it and to let it um, define us and then to feel really scared when we actually realize we've evolved past it or we've shifted past it. And then nowadays we have this public pressure, not even if you're a creator or an author or a teacher. I mean, most everyone you know has a social media account. So changing an opinion, changing a practice, changing a lifestyle, any of that almost feels like you have to then justify it to people. When in truth, it's just your personal evolution. You don't need to justify it to anyone. That's you. Um, you know, you may want to share about it with your family or those who, tr who love you. Or if you're a public person, you may want to share about it with your um, community so that they can get on board like what you're doing and learn about you. But you don't owe people an explanation for it. Um, I think anyone who is a public person, teacher, writer, author, if you haven't seen or felt them expand, then I would wonder, you know, are you just sticking with that kind of one tone because you love them, which is cool, but also is there something else that's drawing you, a new frontier, a new threshold to cross? For me in my work, it's really been this book, Dare to Feel, has is, is been about all the healing that I had to do to show up in a relationship and healthy, secure relationship. Um, and it's, it's, so it goes into family and, um, friendship and all of the places of intimacy that were really important for me healing wise. And, um, and that to me, it's actually not, it's not just for women, it's for anybody. Um, it's, it's a human experience of what, why do we stay in our loneliness or our isolation? And sometimes it's wise, you know, sometimes it's wise to um, to disconnect from intimacy or relationship, friendship, family. We talked about that a little bit on the podcast with Dr. Nicola Perra, like when is it appropriate to step away from your family in order to heal some things? And maybe you stay and you you don't go back in, but maybe you do go back in differently. Um, I think Moon and I talked about that in our podcast about family too. And the same with relationship. You know, when is it like, oh, I need some time to isolate or uh, isolate is the wrong word, to disconnect and to to be on my own in order to then step back in with a new frequency or a new uh, kind of pattern in my body. So all of that takes so much work. And this book has a lot of, different reflections. So you can really feel in your life where um, there's something that you need to feel and in turn heal 
not because there's something wrong with you or something broke or something like that, but because there's a place within you that isn't liberated. Actually, to use Lama Rod's languaging, it's like there's a place inside you that's not free. And you can stay within that incarceration was the word that he used, or you can get free. And getting free feels really good because the places inside of us that are tight and that are places that we've avoided or we don't want to look at. So we avoid certain things so that we don't have to look at those places inside. We can avoid certain people. We can avoid certain places. We can avoid, uh, you know, intimacy in certain ways. We can say we can avoid sharing our work in the world. We can avoid anything right? Because we don't want to feel what's going to come up if we do have to meet that hard thing. And that's where the liberation happens in meeting the hard thing, which I think collectively, like we've really learned a lot about in the last four years. It's like, you know, we've had to meet different hardships and different levels. And this has been happening forever. Humans have been um, experiencing illness, war, um, all kinds of things forever, forever, since since I think the dawn of humanity. Well, I take that back. Perhaps there was a matriarchal time or a time where um, where humanity or civilization, pre-civilization where humanity was peaceful and where it wasn't like that. But I'm not sure. You know, I think if you ask some of like the old ancient, like Buddhist teachers or mystics, they may say, no, this realm, this planet is um, a planet of, uh, dark and light of contrast. You don't come here. I think Ramdas said you don't come here because you don't have things to work out. I'm paraphrasing. And you've probably heard me say that before. So I'm kind of like, yeah, maybe there was a time where there was peace on this planet. And everything was kumbaya. Or maybe this planet has always had a lot of shit to work out and we're still working it out. And so we shouldn't be surprised about it, you know? And I think for many of us, our grandparents and great-grandparents withstood so much more intensity in their lives. Like maybe it was famine, they didn't have food, maybe, you know, watching their wife die in childbirth, um, fighting in wars. So, but most of us have had a pretty cush life. And I say that with love, right? You may be like, no, I haven't, Alexander. I've been abused, I've been this, that. I, I know, I know, and I'm sorry. Um, that that happened to you. And comparatively, like I'm generalizing here, it is, um, I think that they say it's one of the most peaceful times in history. I, I Somebody looked that up for me, but um, even though it doesn't seem like it and that there are so many things happening on the planet, multiple genocides happening at the planet, on the planet at this time, which is tragic. And I do think on a whole, we are evolving. Humanity is evolving. And there's so much to this conversation. So I don't want you to think that I'm just generalizing. I'm talking about it in the context of my book, in the context of healing, which is, um, you know, the trickle down into the personal, right? So when we look at where our ancestral uh, baggage has landed within us, it has come from all of those other things, right? From being repressed by the church or from, uh, uh, coming from a line of addicts in your family. So the reason that you're afraid to go on a date or, um, you know, the reason that you don't want to feel your feelings may come from your whole lineage. And now you're, you're working with it now. Again, we talked about this with Dr. Jen. And the thing that is I, in my book, it's like, how do we still keep living 
having fun, getting free, self-liberating with joy and living our lives. So my book is not about the isolation point. It's about the going out and the like throwing yourself into life and letting yourself be triggered and letting yourself get hurt and letting yourself feel what it's like to stand up again um, and to get free from there. Because another thing that's really been freaking me out is just how with the youth especially, but how so many people, like you walk into a restaurant or an airport or somewhere and everyone's heads are in their phones and people are so much less likely to let magic happen to them, to let life happen to them, let love happen to them when they're just staring at their phone. That to me is part of the not feeling life because you're disembodied when you're looking into a phone. Your your awareness is just there. Your body is no longer occupied by you in the same way. And you can fight me on this and I'll debate you, but it is completely different than your body being occupied while you're looking at a waterfall or you're watching um, the trees blur past you as you're on a train or you're in a car ride. So to me, this is part of our danger in losing feeling. We're losing embodiment. We're losing our connection to life because so much of our awareness is in our phone. I, I heard somebody say something like cognitive uh, sovereignty, and I need to cite the spark for that because you guys know I've mentioned my friend Ebony Janice and who wrote All the Black Girls Are Activists. And her whole, one of her, one of her things, not her whole thing, one of her things is citing the spark. And I see people all the time in social media not cite the spark. Why? Because they want to just share something as their brand and now they're the expert. But guess what? They got that information from somewhere. <laughs> yes, they did. And if you don't see people citing the spark sometime, somewhere, then I would question. I would ask, where's this inspiration from for you, right? Um you know, I don't write on every post, like, here's my, here's, uh, here's my uh, spark for this. But I try to keep that in general in my awareness when I'm teaching, when I'm sharing, and when I'm here with you guys, right? You've heard me say all these other people's names who have inspired me, because I want to cite that spark. Anyway, so in my book, it's just an ongoing invitation to dare to live your life. Because guess what? You don't know what day you're going to die. And if you go, I want you to do this with me right now. I want you to go into your phone. I want you to go into the screen time. If you don't have a phone and if you have a flip phone, I want you to go and I want you to do a victory dance and I want you to pour yourself a cute little cocktail or mocktail and cheers to yourself. But if you have a smartphone, I want you to go in the smartphone and I want you to go into the settings and I want you to go into screen time and I want you to look at how many hours a day you're on your phone. And then I want you to look at, oh, I know why I said cite the spark because I need to find the spark for cognitive uh, sovereignty. It might have been um, this Substack account called Pilgrims in the Machine. So that's what I knew it would come back to me. <laughs> anyway, pick up your phone how many hours a day you're on it. Those are hours that you're not living. Look, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Most of the stories that I write about in my book are radical living off the phone, falling in love, taking chances. And that that's where the healing has happened for me. Big healing that has brought me the most beauty in my life that has made my dreams come true. That healing hasn't happened in my phone. 
It doesn't happen from reading a meme about healing. It happens from getting out there and getting dirty in life. So look back at the phone. How many hours are you on it on average per day? And then I want you to multiply that by 30 days a month. And I want you to multiply that. I'm going to do it with you by uh, the, the, the whole year. Okay, so let's. I'm doing it with you. So let's say I'm on my phone on average six and a half hours a day, 6.5 times 30. That's 195 hours a month times 12 is 2,340 hours per year. So how many days is that? Uh, let's see, divided by 24. That's 97.5 days out of a year. So that's 365 minus 97.5. So that's, I mean, it's nearly a third, right? So nearly a third of my life is spent on the phone. That's a lot of time. What could we be doing with that time? Could we, could we put it in half, you know? And so my book, I don't talk about this too much in my book, but I do talk about how your greatest dreams and your greatest joy and your greatest ecstasy and your greatest aliveness is out there. It's happening out there. And it requires living, going swimming naked, saying yes to going to a weird party, even if you leave crying. It's in these moments that we make a life. And right now, it feels like that continues to be at risk. And I've been talking about this for the last few years, but I feel more passionate about it now than ever because I know more and more our cognitive sovereignty is at risk. And the cognitive is related to the body because if my mind is occupied thinking about all day, is my brand right? Am I like, get a, a, what's going to be my next? Um, post or what did I see that person doing or whatever, whatever. I'm thinking about that all day. And those are also hours that I'm not living. I'm not just like out photographing, you know, a dead owl on the side of the road because I didn't notice the owl, right? I'm not noticing life. I'm not out just taking a walk in the rain and being inspired by the ecstasy that could exist in my body. Because when we're not in our bodies, we don't feel all of those good things. We get the quick dopamine hit, which I would highly recommend. If you didn't ever watch the movie Social Dilemma, you probably did, but you should. If you didn't, um, those the uh, Tristan Harris is awesome. And um, there's some great podcasts with him that are more recent as well than that film. But the whole machine was built on that dopamine. It's very different than if you spend an hour playing with a child outside. Or if you just spend an hour free writing paper and pen in your journal or reading a poetry book, it's really fucking hard, you guys. It's hard for me to have the phone down, to not pick it up, to especially not pick it up when you're with people you love. Because each time you pick it up, you're saying, hey, my addiction or to my phone is more interesting than this. Or my desire to connect with my phone is more interesting than you. I mean, if you have kids that you're checking in on, it's very different, right? Like, hey, I'm checking in about my kid. Hold on a second. 
I love it when people say, hold on a second before they look at their phone. They say, hey, one second, I need to just um, look at this text from my partner about our daughter. Oh, how does that preserve the intimacy of the moment? Versus someone just randomly picking up their phone. So I'm guilty as charged. I, I do it and I want to be better about it. That's why it's on my mind because it's something I want to be better at. I remember I in a mushroom journey probably like a year or two ago, the main thing I heard was, put that phone in the drawer in the house on airplane mode. Take it out intentionally because it's running your life. Oh, it was a hard one. And, and, and I didn't, it didn't, you know, um, I didn't make that major change. Anyway, there are so many good things. You're connecting to me on a digital platform. I love that. I have so much content on digital platforms. You can listen to my book, audio with me reading it. And it's so fun. I loved reading it. I had so much fun. So it made me want to do like a, you know, coffee house, like a, I don't know, old school poetry reading or something. And Maybe on my next retreat, we'll do some more of that poetry readings in front of the group. I've done that as well. And I, I think that's part of the reason I love leading retreats because we have these completely deep spaces of connection without any uh, any screens. And we get to be in the awkward silence. We get to find the laughter. We get to have the hard conversations. And all of that really requires time and space Um and it's just so fun. And it's so fun when you know that, you know, there's like, people are really there with you. People are present with you. Um, so I would love for you to buy my book, first and foremost, if you haven't. Um, I've done a lot less marketing this time around because I just had a baby. So I've done as much as I could. Um, and I've also just acknowledged how much I want to be staring at a screen saying, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book, which in 2020, uh, in the middle of quarantine, I mean, I was staring at the screen most of the day. I mean, I was living alone. I was having a blast, I'll tell you. <laughs> but then I would put the screen away. And then I would listen, God, I, li I would listen to books on audio and take walks around Venice, and, you know, and, and but it was, it was lonely, you know, it was lonely. It's just me and my screens. <laughs> now I have a partner and a, and a baby and I want to spend most of my time with them and not be on the screens. So I'm doing less marketing, which means I would love your help with the marketing. If you could share with a friend my book, it means a lot to me. You guys actually are better than, than any marketing because if you actually like something, then you speak about it with so much more love and compassion and, 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 uh, conviction. And that's really means a lot to me, really means a lot to me. As somebody who's been a public artist writing and, and dealing with spirituality and healing um, for 20 years, I wouldn't have a job if it weren't for you all. So that's really exciting. Um, and you can also, uh, I think you know, I have an online membership community. I love that space. If you feel inspired to join me there, um, it's so fun. I love it. I love creating. I love witnessing each other. I love having real conversations. It kind of takes this podcast to a different space, more of a retreat space, like where you're you're interacting with me and with other people. Um, and you don't have to have your camera on if you don't want to. And uh, it's on Zoom. But I love that. I've been running that kind of space uh, for the last 
I don't know, seven years. And it is a virtual space, but it's a space where we connect. There's feedback. There's two people looking at each other. There's a group looking at each other. There's engagement. And that, I think if we are going to connect online, there's passive connection. Like now where I love listening to podcasts where I like fold laundry or take a walk. And then there's also active connection. Like if I'm going to be on a screen, can I be engaging with someone? Can I engage? Am I just engaging passively with everything? That's painful in my heart to feel. So, you know, I I love having my membership community. um, I'm calling it like a virtual temple and a creative studio because we're playing and and having conversations about being women on healing paths and transformational paths. Um, and what that's like to be partners, to be moms, to be dealing with addiction, to be dealing with financial issues, to be um, getting books published, to be starting businesses, like all of that. It's not a place for some glossy spirituality that's like, hey, you come because you have it all together. It's, hey, come because we're transforming together and we're committed together. And we want to see the world become a better place. So I hope this finds you well. I hope this this spurred some little um, conversations within yourself. And if so, please comment, DM me, share, share it with a friend. Um, it means so much to me. And just remember you're doing a good job, right? Like I'm not trying to say that any of us are doing anything wrong. Like if you did your math and you had a really high number of how many hours you're on the phone, um, that's okay. Don't be mad at yourself. I mean, also there are certain times where we spend more time on the phone because we're bored. (laughs) And I'm just saying, you know, go like that Dr. Estes quote from Women Who Run With The Wolves, go let life happen to you. Let stories happen to you. That's what I'm saying. I want that for you. I want that for me too. I'm envisioning more of that for myself every day. Okay. Loving all of you. Again, you're doing a great job. Don't forget. Um, last thing I'll say, somebody wrote a review for, this, for my podcast saying, why does the host always have a different voice? And I wanted to, I just started laughing because I'm like, well, right now, because my baby is sleeping. And then sometimes if you heard me talking to some of my friends, I'd be yelling because we're so excited and so passionate. And then some people that I'm talking to would be really awkward if I was that passionate because they're really quiet and I want them to feel at home. So it depends where I am, where I'm recording. It depends um, how I'm feeling personally, if I'm in a more down groove or up groove and I think it's it sometimes I think it's sad that that it's like we have it, it it goes back to that conversation about identity. I'm supposed to be one thing. I can't be passionate wild woman on one podcast and like really um deep soft on another. And the truth is, my love, whoever wrote that comment, you're allowed to be a great many things. I'm allowed to have curly hair in one day and straight hair on another day. I'm allowed to um glam up like a you know luscious queen on some days and some days wear sweats and some days talk loud and that's my freedom that's my liberation and i wish that for you whoever wrote that and for all of you to be whatever you want to (laughs) be okay love you all thank you so much for listening to today's podcast for more 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 follow me on ig at alexandra roxo and you can get on my mailing list where i send poems practices rituals links to upcoming retreats and events and all kinds of goodies and if this podcast has touched your heart please let us know please write us a review give us a five-star rating all of that 
It means a lot to myself and everyone involved. Big, big love, my darling. Have a fabulous day and see you again very soon.